Welcome to The Wealth Intersection with Megan Gorman. In this program, you'll hear fascinating stories from science, technology, finance, and the arts. Learn how dynamic individuals created their paths to success and the wealth intersections that occurred. It's where you might just find the answers on how you can pursue your passion while creating the necessary foundation to build personal wealth. And now, here is Megan Gorman. Hello and welcome to The Wealth Intersection. I'm Megan Gorman. Thanks for joining us on the show. Today's going to be our last episode for the season and I'm really excited about the guest we have today. Now, one of the biggest things that most people love to have at the end of the day is a glass of wine. In fact, on an annual basis, Americans spend close to $30 billion on wine. Further, every year, Napa gets over 5 million visitors and Sonoma gets over 3 million visitors. So Americans are obsessed with wine. So today on the show, I have John Charles Boisset. John Charles, or JC as he's known, is the president of his family's company called the Boisset Collection. And I have to tell you, he's one of the most interesting people in wine. The Boisset Collection is a number of wineries that you know, from Raymond to Buena Vista to JCB. And the family has more than 20 centuries of combined winemaking heritage with all of the different wineries that they own, from Burgundy to the south of France to California's Napa Valley and the Russian River Valley. JC, welcome to the show. Bonjour. I'm so honored, <laughs> Megan, to be with you. Bonjour, JC. I'm I'm. I'm so honored of such an introduction. I don't think I've ever been introduced so charismatic. So thank you. You're welcome. So, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show is I think you are incredibly passionate about wine and what you do. And I think you're one of the hardest working people in wine because I follow you on social media and you're always out and about promoting your brands and promoting your passion for wine. But I think, you know, a lot of Americans know a lot of the well-known American wine families like the Mondavis and the Gallos, but but tell us about who's the Boisset family? Well, thank you for the opportunity to tell you a little bit about our world. I was very fortunate, Megan. I was born in a small village of Burgundy, France, which happens to be the most well-known village of the wine world named Vougeot, which makes a grand cru named Clos Vougeot. So all the big wine collectors of the world know it. There's 176 inhabitants in that village. My parents fell in love in the 60s, started the winery. My sister and I were born, and we started to make wine into the family home. So for the last 49 years, my sister and I have been making wines with our parents. So we are family business, you know, a small collection of 29 wineries, all very historical, and you kindly said 20 centuries of tradition. This is true, we own the oldest vineyards in Burgundy, in Beaujolais, in the Rhone Valley. Oh, wow. As far as the 3rd century and the 11th century in Burgundy and in the south of France mm-hmm. and the oldest winery in California, Buena Vista, founded in 1857. So we've been focusing on fine winemaking, quality, organic, and biodynamic farming, and really together, my sister and I today owning the company, mm-hmm. by being insanely passionate about quality and the electricity that wine gives you when you taste it, when you feel it. And I would just would like to add something. Okay. We don't only drink wine after work. <laughs> what about breakfast? Well, what about I- lunch? <laughs> what about... What, what about any time? <laughs> 
<laughs> I love it. I love it. And I mean, I think one of the things I've always heard about you is you got introduced to wine fairly young. In fact, I think there's sort of a magic number for you, yes. which is seven. Well, seven was the time where my mother was not finishing all her wine glasses and I was coming after her. <laughs> and I finished them and I really had my total you know, uh, moments that you would call a um, enlightenment or an awakening or an epiphany moment. And I was very lucky though. My sister and I, in the same fashion, my parents made wine in the living room. So we oh, participated wow. in it since birth. And can I give you a confidence? Sure. My mother wrote me a very kind note and she said, Jean-Charles, why are you so crazily passionate about wine? When I was pregnant. I never stopped enjoying wine. Ah, and I think you've okay. had it before my own milk. <laughs> okay, that's great. So, so I've loved it forever. And, and, you know, another detail, Megan, that is very important as a European. We don't blend wine with okay. water as a child. You serve a little bit of wine and then next to it a glass of water. So you get wine to penetrate all your senses and to really get a true sense of culture. Because when your parents serve you wine, they talk about architecture, place, right. geography, plant, farming. They talk about all the elements of wine, which really gets you captivated right. because it's about the world at large, not just a beverage. It's a cultural statement. It's a cultural discussion. And it's that very powerful invitation to get to know yourself better because you look at the wine, you smell the wine in the bouquet, you taste it, you get your mouth invaded with all those great flavors, and then you have the ritual faction, mm. which is the long-lasting moment of what wine leaves you with. So it's a very important social and cultural event that happens in someone's lives is to taste wine. Now, what, what's interesting about your story is you could have stayed in France yes. and worked for the family there. But one of the things that I've always found interesting in your story is you, you love the United States. Correct. And there's sort of an interesting backstory, if I yes. understand, because your grandfather instilled yeah. this love. Yes. So, so tell me about your grandfather and how he came to love the U.S. Well, both my grandparents were school teachers okay. uh, on both sides. So that's why I'm obviously an F student because, you know, <laughs> you never obviously do what, what your parents or grandparents instill in you. They you mean were the shoemaker's children <laughs> always have the worst shoes, that sort of thing? Indeed. Got it. So they were resistant in the Second World War. And my grandmother as well was an orphan of the First World War, helped by the American Legion. Okay. by a dollar a month and they could go to school and they love the United States consequently because of the great help they received. So in Burgundy specifically in France, we were invaded in the Second World War immediately and got liberated by the American forces. So there was always this adoration for the U.S. at large. Right. Myself, fortunately, I came here at ten and a half with my grandparents and then parents to visit. And I love the United States at first sight. Where was the first place you went to in the Monterey, United States? Monterey, all the way up to Sonoma. We oh. did the missions. Okay. And I fell in love. Coup de foudre. Bolt lightning. I love the country. I already loved it on TV. Yeah. In magazines and books. Because obviously, no one escapes the United States. And everybody fortunately studies it. But I loved it, Megan, to the point that I said, this is where I want to be in the future. This is why I want to be spending my life. I love the landscape. I love the geography. I love what California and the U.S. represents. But I love the people, more importantly. 
So I fell in love with the energy of the people mm -hmm. themselves. That they smile, they're open-minded, they're receptive to ideas. I live in a world of Europe that mm -hmm. is where you talk about the caste of India, you talk about the stratification mm -hmm. of society in Europe. This is very present still. Mm -hmm. And where entrepreneurship is not the same, even though it's a French word, mm -hmm. where the sense of possibilities are not the same. So the U.S. really, for me, gave me goosebumps, mm -hmm. got me so excited that when I flew back, my parents said, how was your trip? Loved it. What do you remain in your head after this great trip? What I retained is I want to go back as soon as possible. Oh, wow. wow. And when I had the opportunity at the age of 15 and a half, I came to the American French school in Washington, D.C., and that's where I got my French baccalaureate. Okay. And from there on, I knew my life had to be for a big portion of the time in the United States of America. And when you were here for the first time in Napa and Sonoma, it wasn't like it is today. I mean, in the 70s, it was still really, I mean, it's an, ag, an agriculture area today, but it was still Absolutely. really, really. It, it was uh, very, uh, specifically coming from Burgundy, you're going to realize I come from the finest Chardonnay Pinot Noir wine region on the planet, the most unique, expensive historical vineyards. So typically as a French person, you're arrogant and pretentious and you think there's only Burgundy. Burgundy. But I tasted the wines of Buena Vista when I was 10 and a half. I was already tasting wines and making wines, so it was even at 10 and a half. And I loved it. And I said, this is going to be the place where we should come. And my sister agreed. She was three and a half years older, and she's a phenomenal sister and a great inspiration still today. We're very close. And when we decided to come and to buy land and to buy wineries and vineyards, mm -hmm. it was obvious that we belonged here and we could have an impact here. So for us, America is the place. Mm -hmm. The terroir is as well great. So Megan, I'm not here, and I want to make that very clear, mm -hmm. just because there's a financial opportunity. I don't actually really care. I'm very interested mm -hmm. into the exercise of style, into the art of life and communicating a certain way of enjoying wine, drinking wine, making wine, and really talking about wine and making wine the epicenter of a certain cultural style of life, which mm -hmm. is mine, from fashion to fragrance to beauty to perfume to obviously jewelry to the way you live and the way you eat and the way you celebrate it. So is this, so when I, when I see you on social media, you talk a lot about the alchemy of senses. Yes. So, so tell me, is that what you mean by it? Absolutely. And for everyone, we're sipping on a beautiful wine of Chardonnay, of course. Of course. It's 4.30 in the <laughs> afternoon. This is the time. So um, I've always been intrigued with the senses. Mm -hmm. um, since birth, I smell everything. Mm -hmm. So I'm extremely sensitive to mm -hmm. smell. The only place to ensure on my body that is worth anything <laughs> is really my nose. <laughs> so always liked it. So always been interested in communicating and talking about senses. Mm -hmm. The visuals, mm -hmm. I'm very visual, but smell and taste. So I decided to write a book called The Alchemy of the Senses. Mm -hmm. That is a coffee table book that you will have. Okay. And uh, this is a book that really summarizes, I believe, the essence of life at large. And it's in five acts, like the act of life, because I believe life is a theater, and uh -huh. we're here for a short period of time, and we might as well have the best play. And I talk about the senses because I think we all are equally equipped with great senses, whether the opportunity for the most of us to see, to hear, to smell, and to taste. 
And it's very important, thanks to what we do in the vineyards and what we do in the cellar and on the table with a bottle of wine, we can engage people to think about mm -hmm. themselves through their senses and to help themselves to discover themselves even on a greater basis, thanks to how they discover their ability mm -hmm. to feel, to sense, to touch, to caress, and to enjoy life. So this is why senses is so important. I adore doing wine tastings with people because after the one hour tasting we do, they say I'm looking at it in a very different way than I used to before. Mm -hmm. And that's really my mission in life, I think is not anything but to attempt to inspire people to look at the world in a different way. Now, what's interesting as you say that is, I mean, I've been to a number of your wineries. Yes. I remember the first time I walked into Buena Vista, yes. I mean, the mannequins are very eye-catching. I mean, Thank it's you. a unique experience. But you're also probably easily the most stylish person in Napa and Sonoma. Thank Everybody you. knows you from your style. Were you comfortable sort of bringing your French style to Napa and well, Sonoma? Well, I was very lucky to have an amazing family and to mm -hmm. have inspiration in my grandparents to always told me, be who you want to be, act, act as who you are, mm -hmm. and never change improve this and that because I'm obviously far away from perfection if not the world would know it but um, I've always been encouraged by my parents as well to just be yeah. so I've never really had to put an act I what you see is really who I am and I've never really wanted to attempt to be something different I admire a lot of people I have mm -hmm. a lot of phenomenal fashion designers artists and And people that I look up to in this world, mainly through history, but I've never said I'm going to copy that style and I'm looking at a picture of that person every day to see how they are and how they... I'm absolutely who I am. And this is fun to me because you could be a different person all the time as long as you decide to really go for it. No, I love it. And I love the brooches you wear. I mean, and it, it's funny. It's a very unique JCB thing. And I give you a lot of credit because my husband and I do know you. Yes. And my husband's a little more conservative. And you got him to wear a brooch. Well, he has a lot of style. <laughs> and, and your husband is very much into great suits and yeah. beautiful fabrics. Yeah. Obviously, thanks to you as well, because I know those beautiful blue eyes have a big influence on him. But it, it's very important, I think, for all of us. When you look at the 18th century... Look at a king mm -hmm. or a Maharaja in India yeah. or the big personalities. Look at Thomas Jefferson, Benjamin Franklin and the clothes they wear. Mm -hmm. We have evolved into a simple world today. We need to go back to honoring the other person by wearing beautiful clothes, by having brooches. Mm -hmm. And jewelry just don't belong to women. No. Men are equally uh, capable and should be granted the pleasure and the privilege to adorn their body with jewelry as well not just tattoo think about jewelry beautiful cufflinks brooches maybe a necklace why not and you know wearing bracelets and 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 really communicating who you are and how you feel and how you mm -hmm. sense through just more than your voice i think it's so critical that's great so one of the things i really wanted to talk to you about was wine and philanthropy yes. because All of us here, you know, just, I mean, we just went through it a couple of weeks ago, but two years ago, we went yes. through some pretty horrific fires. Yes. So tell me about how the fires impacted you. Well, I'm going to start to answer your question through history. Okay. So I belong to the region 
Burgundy, mm -hmm. who has been through history the last 172 years, the most philanthropist in the world, mm -hmm. because we started the wine auction in Burgundy centuries ago. Mm -hmm. So started by a man named Nicolas Rollin to fund the hospice, the hospital mm -hmm. of bone, for poor people who could not afford health care and who could not afford, you know, treatments. So it got funded originally through vineyards mm -hmm. and it became the hospice of bone. Since the age of 14, I've been part of it, raising money, helping to raise money, obviously investing in this so it became what it is today, which is one of the biggest auction in the world. So we've always been involved in this in France. When I came to Napa and Sonoma, we've, I've co-chaired, obviously, the wine auction, both in Sonoma and Napa, mm -hmm. and we've raised millions and millions a year. When the fire happened, I teamed up with Thomas Keller and a few other great friends, and we decided to raise over $6 million in that winter to help people because left and right, over the course of three weeks, we had people calling us saying, I lost it all. And you know, it was not the most wealthy people, it was actually the people more in need with no insurance and everything is gone and disappeared into ashes. So we really helped those people immediately with not only checks, but cash, where mm. they could actually sleep somewhere. And I think it was an incredible experience. So we've been involved as a family and obviously through our wineries. Mm -hmm. Why philanthropy and wine make sense? Because wine is that ethereal, electric, social conduit that helps people do great things. Right. Not just because they get high or a lot of pleasure through wines because wine is so cultural that it communicates such great values and ethics and bring into people their good behavior in many sense. So the wine world has always been close to philanthropy. So I believe if we could do both, it's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. So not only we involved in Napa, in Sonoma, in Naples, in St. Pete's, in Ohio, in Michigan, in New York, in Burgundy, in the south of France with amazing amount of fundraising that mm -hmm. allows my biggest pleasure mm -hmm. in fact was last year was this year when we celebrated d-day i created a wine mm -hmm. named 6644 my grandparents were right there in normandy and you know i didn't realize that wow. yes so we created a wine where all the money was donated to the american legion who helped my grandparents as i explained earlier So we created this amazing wine. We teamed up with Safeway. We teamed up with Beverages and More and the New Hampshire Liquor Board and Pennsylvania to raise a lot of money. 100% of the money was donated to the American Legion and helped the veterans of the United States. And it was very fulfilling. Wine brings that to people. So we sold the wine for $44 because okay. it was in 1944. 1944. Yep. I'm making another one next year for the, it's going to be called Armistice, okay. for the signature of the end of the Second World War, which is May 8, 1945. And where are the grapes from? Are they California grapes? Are they French grapes? 50-50. Oh, very Because cool. we own wineries <laughs> of both. So I had my 28 winemakers make the wine together, and all the money, we didn't keep any, was given back to, obviously, the American Legion and the veteran organization. Why it's so cool, as you ask philanthropy, We put it on the websites and people bought three bottles, six bottles, everybody bought wine. They got something in return and they knew the wine they bought gave something back to society, which I think is our mission in life. You know, I'm not interested in airplanes. I'm not interested in golfing. I'm not interested in anything 
but wine, and communicating the values, the ethics, and what wine can do and how we can reach and do great things. So you say, I'm very active. I've never worked in my life, Megan. <laughs> I'm very fortunate. I don't even know what that word right. means. I've always done all the things I wanted to do. And I've always put passion first because I thought, thanks to passion, mm -hmm. everything else would come. I have beautiful young daughters. Hopefully, I could continue to feed them a little bit and uh, they can have a good life as well. It's important, but I think every one of us in life have this opportunity to express oneself. Yep. As you are extremely talented in your field as a phenomenal financial advisor and in the world of finance and helping families, this is phenomenal. You do with so great success what you're so good at and it makes a difference. For me, it's about passion of wine, life and people because you know what I love the most? What do you love the most? People. So, you know, so I want to talk a little bit about 2017 though because one of your wineries was at risk. So how, I mean, tell, tell us about the experience because so, we all hear about this stuff on the news. Yes. And I think, what, what was the experience well, like? Well, the experience even started the year before when we had the, a few years before the earthquake. So we bought the oldest winery in California named Buena Vista. Okay. We own the oldest in Burgundy, the oldest in Beaujolais and in the Rhone. Why the oldest? We love history. My grandparents were history teachers. And I think we need to teach wine to American people through their past. Mm. America needs to be very proud of their history because it's amazing. What America has done in 250 years is never been achieved anywhere else on the globe. Maybe in another planet and we know it when we discover <laughs> them. But Americans are the best in a short period of time to achieve it. In 1857, mm -hmm. that oldest winery, Buena Vista, was founded. It's the essence, the history, the heritage of this country, which I love. The earthquake, if we had not renovated it. What year was the it, earthquake? Was that 2015? Indeed. Okay. We'd have destroyed the winery. Luckily, we had renovated it before. Mm -hmm. On the fire, to answer your question in mm -hmm. 2017, the fire stopped two meters, six feet from the historical fermentation room built in 1857. Wow. The fire people were amazing. I hired two independent fire companies to make sure that we were ready as well. Whatever cost it was, right. I don't own Buena Vista. America owns it. I'm not, not going to take it to the grave. You're just the steward. It's the steward of the vision of the Count who founded it and the stewards of the American dreams. It has to remain. So the sheriff of Sonoma was amazing. The sheriff of Napa was amazing. The firefighters, I called everybody. I was there physically, even though they didn't want me to be. Oh, wow. I and I had to that. burn in the winery if I had to, to defend it. <laughs> so you were inside the winery well, we were while the while. fire was coming? For sure. We were there, and, and as well as our team. And, and then was, they finally said, you need to... to we be. need to escape because yeah. it got very, very scary, as we know. And I don't have, obviously, the knowledge of how to stop fires. But the beauty of it is we had invested before as well into the water tanks necessary, to the fire, um, uh, you know, tools that were necessary. So the fire never came in. It burned the whole mountain. 
yeah. that we had to obviously replant and and totally redo but it's okay at least it didn't burn the buildings that's wonderful i mean the fact that you were able to save the buildings and then you talk about the the help you with the money that you helped raise yes. during this time and i think one of the things that i think people often have confusion about is when we have these fires here in california i think the rest of the country sort of backs away yes but I would make the argument that one of the best things people can do when we have these fires is come to Napa and Sonoma. For sure. Well, we made a wine as well named Honoris. Honoris mm -hmm. in Latin means honor. The honor to be, the honor to serve, the honor to belong. Mm -hmm. So it's an old world that Julius Caesar used for his channels. He named a street after his channels and he gave the honoris status, which means the status of the honor of. So we created a wine named Honoris. That day, mm -hmm. many people throughout the country called us like crazy because people want to help. They totally American help. people are phenomenal. We created a wine again, named Honoris, still mm -hmm. screen, 50% Sonoma, 50 Napa. We raised $320,000 wow. in seven days. People, we posted the picture of the wine on the label on the website and people bought it up to six to 12 bottles and they gave back. So I think it was amazing to see how many people as well wanted to help. Now, what is so important, as you kindly says, is people think we burn and they're not coming. They should come. We haven't burned. And obviously, California is one of the most resilient states in the planet, earthquakes to anything else. And we want people to come back and see it because it's a beautiful, magical destination. Yeah. And I think the thing is what, what it also means is that... Um, Every, you know, a lot of people are able to keep their jobs and help working here. And that's one of the challenges, because I think one of the biggest issues wine country has when we have the fires is it's the regular people, the middle class people who end up moving away. That's it. And, and we, we want those people to remain. This is the fabric of California. This is the fabric of the United States. We want all those wonderful farmers to remain. We want all those people to keep loving California mm -hmm. and not be scared of it. Mm -hmm. You know, we all know that the global warming situation is happening and has an effect on many uh, attitudes that Mother Nature decides to declare herself to give us a reminder. Mm -hmm. And we deserve it because we're not great stewards of the land. And we could talk more about it yeah. as far as our organic commitment, biodynamic commitment and, and overall commitment to energy and, and reduce and recycle and, and certainly be better citizens. But that's another discussion. I think we hope people stay and love California as much as I do love it. And I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> and on that note, we're going to pause for a commercial break. And when we come back, we'll talk to JC Boisset about building a celebrity wine brand. Stay tuned. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit VoiceAmerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 
888-346-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to The Wealth Intersection with Megan Gorman. If you have a question or comment about the program, your money, or what it can do for you, please send an email to megan at thewealthintersection.com. That's M-E-G-A-N at thewealthintersection.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, and welcome back to The Wealth Intersection. I'm Megan Gorman, and I'm here with John Charles Boisset. Bonjour. (laughs) Bonjour. So anyway, uh, you know, one of the things that I want to talk about is you have a sort of a interesting partnership with who with Chrissy Teigen's husband, who is People Magazine's sexiest man of the year, which is John Legend. So how do you actually get to do a collaboration like that? I mean, is it as simple as John Legend calls you? <laughs> well, there's a lot of calls like this. Okay. I'm very lucky with Raymond Vineyard, specifically in Napa. We really attract a lot of the celebrities. They come through the back door, they get into the red room, they feel very comfortable. There's a piano they can perform, and we have a lot of fun. So we luckily see a lot mm-hmm. of them. We as well, very close to many of the celebrity companies that mm-hmm. really want them to do collaboration, so they call us as well. But, you know, the beauty with John, it was really an incestuous friendship. It oh, really wow. started as an organic friendship and then evolved to him and Chrissy wanting to make wine. So I said, obviously, no. Uh, why would <laughs> I make wine with a singer? It's great, and I love your music, but what are you going to bring to it? So it's not that I was arrogant whatsoever, but, you know, it's not necessarily things that consumers buy that much because it's John Legend or Sharon Stone or or Nicole Kidman or Tom Cruise or what have you. But I love John, and I really enjoyed him as a person, enjoyed him as a friend, Mm -hmm. and could see myself spending a lot of time with him. So did he have a good palate when you were hanging out with him? We, we really definitely could see him having a taste profile that he liked, which was not necessarily, which was obviously Raymond Wines, because mm-hmm. that's where we met, and he loved Raymond, but it was wine which were a little more robust, maybe more powerful, mm-hmm. more hairy on the chest, <laughs> you know, wines romantic, but with a lot of, you know, materials on the palate, as we say. So... Hans the singer. So, and Chrissy loves rosé and loves bubbles. So it made a great friendship. And then we went to blend. You know, Raymond... So, so you, did, you, you said at first you told him no, but then you finally uh, exactly. decided... Well, and then we, we saw each other several times, obviously from L.A. to Napa Valley to mm-hmm. other places. And then one time we had Raymond in the red room and in the back door you can access the blending room. And he was saying, let's do it. I says, well... 
Why not? Let's go and make wine together. Okay. So we went to a blending room. John Legend can be quite charming, can he? Yes, of course. Well, specifically if Christy is around. Yes, yes. So we went uh, in that blending room that we have, which is widely available for people. It was 3.30. We did our last blending session for a group of 20. So it was just him and I, and we started to blend wine. And I thought, God, he really knows what he wants. And the wine is very harmonious. The mm. wine is many very melodious as well so the wine makes a lot of sense mm -hmm. he has a great palate the wine is very charming it's very rich it has beautiful edges and it has that great sound that great melody i could mm -hmm. hear the music through the wines mm -hmm. we went back to the red room he played the piano we went back to the blending. <laughs> we literally blended for two hours and we drank a lot of wine if you see what i mean and we had a lot of fun and he says well are we going to do this wine i says how shall we call it? And it became the word LVE, Legend Vineyard Exclusive. Nice. Without putting really legend on the front label, it's on the back as well as Raymond Vineyards and our names together. And we wanted to create a wine that was very charismatic, mm -hmm. very personality driven from mm -hmm. what he really liked. I think that was very important mm -hmm. as a friendship. It had to be about him with me, accompany him as the mm -hmm. winemaker, but it's him stylizing the wine. It's not me. Mm -hmm. So since we started, he really is involved in every blend. Really? Okay, wow. So the, the rosé we created from the Provence, you know, from the Saint-Victoire area, which is a big success. It's a $25 beautiful bottle of rosé. And I love the shape of your bottle, the rosé. Yeah, thank you. So he came to the south and we made it together. The, one, the sparkling wine, which is doing extremely well, it's only $15 retail. So it's the least expensive, the most approachable. We're selling a lot of it right now. And it's, it's got Chrissy Teigen's palate, right? Because I'm sure John wanted it to make sure Chrissy liked it. And you could see on his social media as well, he drinks it all the time and he drinks it to compose he drinks it to enjoy and to celebrate so i think it's one of those relationship when you know it's right it's like a couple mm -hmm. when you met roger you knew mm -hmm. i know your story boom <laughs> love at first sight and it became this amazing passionate love story it exactly the same i turned down over 60 artists in the last three years oh wow phenomenal artists you're gonna say john Charles. You're crazy. <laughs> but I say, I want to do things with the people I enjoy, I love to be with, and that's the point. I'm not doing it just to do a business. Yeah. If I was ending up running my business that way, it would be very boring because I would lack the passion you referred to earlier. Well, and I think the reason people like John and Chrissy is they're very authentic. Yes. I mean, you do, if you follow them on social media, you see them do crazy things. So I could see why that would make a partnership more realistic than maybe some other sort of well-known individuals. That's right. And my condition with John was to say, okay, we've got to do a JV. So it's a co-owned mm -hmm. enterprise. So it's not you know, him or us getting royalty of a name. Mm -hmm. We have nothing to do with this. We literally are in business together. So that makes it even more interesting because he's a very acute and clever businessman. Mm -hmm. You know, he has a bachelor's degree in business. Yep. And he's a very... He went to UPenn, I think. Yeah. Correct. So very sharp. And, and he loves it. So I think it makes it even more authentic. It makes it even more genuine of friendship love of life mm -hmm. love of food needless to say as well megan 
Chrissy loves food. She did a cookbook, as you know. Cravings, yeah. And he loves to cook and he eats well and a lot. So it's not like Chrissy as well is this eater of just one little thing on the plate. She's an engaged, phenomenal food lover. So it makes it very, very fun, very exciting. And we have great times together. Mm. From birthdays we spend together to... to um, to Halloweens, to to great events, and we do a lot of events together, whether it's in Europe or in Asia or here in the U.S. So I'm pleased to see John so engaged and to show the way to other artists to be part of the wine world in a great, authentic way. Because if you don't love the beverage, you're not going to be good at it. But he loves it, he drinks it, and the beverage inspires him, which I love. That's great. You know, it's funny because we talk about wine with you. We talk about the the John Legend um, venture. You would think that that that's enough to keep you busy, and yet you are constantly evolving yes. your entrepreneurship. I mean, some of the things that you've done are things like the Oakville Grocery, Thank right? You. And now you've got the store in in Napa. That's right, right. in so, Yonville, so, the fashion store. So tell me about beauty. how you evolve well, from an entre- like as an entrepreneur. Like is there a point where you're like, you know, maybe I should just focus on wine or is this everything sort of tied together? Well, I think everything ties together and thank you for saying it because obviously you you know it and you realize it. I think wine is the fil rouge, the conduit. Mm-hmm. It's the inspiration. But wine leads obviously to food. So why the Oakville grocery? Oldest continuous operated store in the history of the West Coast of America. Oh, wow. What year did it start? 1881. Oh, okay. The oldest and the finest in the heart of Oakville in Napa. What do I want to do with the Oakville Grocery? I want to put health mm-hmm. and the West Coast, organic, sustainable, and biodynamic food at the mm-hmm. epicenter of the American diet. So we have 150 items signed Oakville Grocery today from cold brew to water to saucisson to cheese to crackers that are amazing that we're going to start to put in stores. Oh, wow. Independent of the Oakville Grocery per se. We have two locations, one in Oakville, one in Hillsburg. I was just in Japan. People are interested in opening an Oakville Grocery and other places. So maybe either we will own them or it will be a franchise, but the idea with Oakville Grocery is to inspire people with American products made by fantastic artisans. Mm -hmm. It's not just about French food and Italian food and Spanish food. In America, from Wisconsin cheese to phenomenal Minnesota cheese to great, you know, pistachio and walnuts in California to great food, America is capable of producing amazing things. So the Oakville Grocery vision Mm -hmm. is to stay local, 90%, to stay American, 95% of all the products in the stores is from the United States. And to really convey a message for the future that America is a great food purveyor. When you go there, you Mm -hmm. could see a lot of great things that you're going to enjoy that are purely from the landscape of the United States and the great craftsmen. The cheese assortment, we have 120 cheeses. Oh, wow. You will be amazed. From just California or all over the world? All over the United States, all over the U.S. We have a few French cheese and Italian and like as well Spanish Monchego and mm-hmm. great Parmesan and great, you know, obviously uh, Bria Savarin from France or so Epoise that you can not make here. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, it's really U.S. focused. So... It's exciting. It's a wine store as well with 400 different wineries offered in the store. So it's not just about our wines. It's about everybody's wines. So I'm very excited about that. So this is one. 
And then, food. And then there's clothing. There's fashion. Fashion. So my love has been, as we talked mm-hmm. about, senses. Mm-hmm. When you think about sense, you think about perfume. You think about smelling. I've always smelled. I've always loved perfume. Mm-hmm. Always loved perfume. And I know it's a very big French thing. We always say we don't take showers, but we put perfume on. <laughs> so I've always wanted to make perfume. Yeah. So I teamed up with three of the best snows of France. Olivia Jacobetti, Marc-Antoine Cacciato, and Christophe Durafour. The three best snows of France. It's easy. They're the three most well-known. And we created a whole line of perfume. Mm-hmm. They're entering Neiman Marcus in oh, wow. 45 days. Wow. At Valentine, we will be having the assortment at Neiman's and Bergdorf and 4510 and many other phenomenal stores. All the candles are already here at Gums in San Francisco. You know, they just reopened, which is very exciting. Yes, it's nice. It's a, I was sad when they were closing. It's yeah, an iconic so, San Francisco store. Yeah, so we fan about senses. Mm-hmm. And you kindly asked me earlier about the senses. I don't do technology. I don't do anything which is not relating to you as mm-hmm. the art of life. It's like my new line of glasses and decanters with Baccarat. Mm-hmm. I wanted to design a glass that was the one and only. I found Baccarat, the finest crystal maker of France, mm-hmm. who's made crystals since 1764. We did it together. I just came back from a world tour, Russia, China, Japan, France, England, we launched the glass everywhere. From Harrods to Mitsukoshi in Japan, to obviously the Gum in Moscow, to the best places, the crystal is there. So it's all about the art of life, the art of the table, everything, Megan, you want to have. So I'm interested in fragrance, Mm -hmm. the sense of smell, the sense of taste, obviously food and the glasses. And the sense of style, so mm, fashion. Yep. So you obviously uh, always impeccably at the cresp of fashion and Thank trends, you. and I love it as well. And I think it's all about the appearance and jewelry and how people dress. Yep. So I feel it touches everything the human being likes. Now here's a question for you because I've been to the store. And it's got brands and designers that I love. Brandon Maxwell. Yeah. I mean, you've got uh, vintage yes. purses that are, you know, Hermes. How do you decide to bring those brands to a place where it is sort of still ag country, yes. right? I mean, it's... And it's not easy because, you know, we've seen it in our sales. I mean, people are loving it, but do they decide to spend and splurge, as we say, not really yet. I think it's going to take us a long time to build. I think it's about inspiring people to branch out from the typical khakis and to wear cashmere and skins and to have an accessory, which is a beautiful scarf, and to let themselves go on the fringe of fashion, even though they're in a vineyard, even though they walk Mm -hmm. in an agricultural area. So I think it's our role in life is to be an inspiration like you are with your podcast. Mm -hmm. You inspire us, your podcast and the people you invite to think differently, to act differently and to be different. So I think our vision in life is always to attempt to be an inspiration to others, Mm -hmm. to share our passion and to use this passion as contagious as possible so others come into that world that we love so much and we feel we belong it's like Tom Ford or Louboutin you would not see me ever without Louboutin shoes I love them I love him he buys our wine and today we exchange wine against shoes and and (laughs) that's a good bartering deal (laughs) but similar to many designers you know uh, from Alexander McQueen to Saint Laurent to Tom Ford 
to Dolce Gabbana, look, I'm, I love Domenico Dolce. We know each other well. I think he's the coolest guy there is. And I love his fashion. And he pushes it yeah. to put even historical painting of Leonardo da Vinci on jackets and shirts. Look at this collection right this year. And I love it. So I think people should see this. And, and it's our role to allow people to think differently, to act differently and to be different. And I think that's a good sort of segue to the question. I mean, you're the father to two twin girls. Indeed. And I think when you are from a family that's successful, how do you make sure that you're passing the message of how to of all this that you're you're trying to give to them? Well, you know, you're very kind to say success. What is success? For me, I how do you measure it? Is it monetarily? Is it always just economically? I think success is happiness. Success mm-hmm. is passion and inspiration. And with our ladies, it's being creative together. A lot of the brooches mm-hmm. and bracelets and rings that I've created, and we have over 300 in the collection today. Wow. A third of those I designed with them. And I show them the drawings and I say... And they're how old now? They're eight. They're eight. So how does this work? Tell me. It's a lot of fun. A lot of the time we do it together and we draw and we design. You see, I'm not a typical father where I take them on a soccer field, even though I love soccer. Um, I have an amazing wife who is very close with them on their activities. I do things with them. So I'm engaged on artistic ventures with them. We do bracelets. We design paintings together. We paint, we sculpt, we draw. And I love it because I think their inspiration to a form of success is for them to look at a drawing they've done and be happy and see their progress and help to see my progress. I'm dedicating two of the perfumes that we're launching at Valentine. One is called Number 8 Antoinette and the other one is Number 11 Josephine. We honestly crafted the perfumes together. One of the ladies loves Lily in the Valley Mm-hmm. And she loves Eau de Cologne. So it's Honoré Joséphine. So it's called after her, Joséphine. And it's a favorite number. And then the other lady, Grace Antoinette, loves the bubblegum, loves the fruit, loves <laughs> the, the blueberries and the raspberries yeah. and the strawberries. And she loves fashion. We created a perfume together, which is representing that. And I love it. So I think it's never about, for me, financial success. If I sell so many units and it has made 200 people happy, I'm happy. Mm. You know, it's not always measuring the return and the margin and, you know, the amount of this and that. I love, can I tell you something, Megan? Mm. And you may, as, as your husband runs a very large company, for me, I have as much pleasure selling one bottle of wine at $100 that a container of wine at a million dollars. You know, why? Because if I could convey to someone the passion I have to buy one of my wine and they've never liked wine and I give a smile to them and they're going to tell the story that we shared that person and I together and they're going to open that cork and enjoy the wine, I want someone's heart and that's what counts. So, petit à petit, one by one, giving time, time, and being absolutely passionate. My life, if you summarize it, (laughs) is to share my passion and to inspire others to enjoy what I enjoy. I love that. I love that. And, you know, one of the things I think people love about your wines is they're sustainable. So I want to talk about this because this is important. Very. So at the age of seven, 
um, similar to when I started to really like Pinot Noir in a big way, mm -hmm. I walked the field with my grandmother, who was an amazing telluric energy sourcer. So really? my grandmother has the skills. She taught me it all. And I carry a pendulum everywhere I go. She really knows how to find water, knew how to find the depth of a well, to all kinds of different amazing skills through the pendulum. So she's a water witch in that sense. Very much so. Okay. And I learn everything from her from the age of 7 to 15. So I've been passionate about the secret code of the world forever. And this is why in that book, The Alchemy of the Senses, I have the chart and I give people my chart and they can practice with my pendulum. So my grandmother taught me how to observe. I did gardening with her. I did flower pruning. I did the orchard with her because she was very much outdoorsy. And she said, Jean-Charles, never bring synthetic products to the plant. Let the plant build a self-defense de mechanism on its own, prevent rather than cure. Okay. My grandmother lived till she was 97, my other grandmother 104. Wow. Both of them never had medication. They always were treated what you would call with Eastern medicine today, which is plants. So they taught me the organic nature of listening to Mother Nature and its rhythm. So when I took the responsibility of our vineyards, mm -hmm. I believed in organic farming and in biodynamic farming. Okay. We farm over 2,000 acres today, fully organically certified, the most expensive vineyards, yeah. Rutherford, San Elena, Stag's Leap, Burgundy, etc., all organically certified and biodynamically certified. So, okay, so... Ex because we're talking about farming here, yes. right? So isn't it all organic? Like, tell me, what makes organic it different? Organic means no pesticides, okay. no herbicides in the earth and okay. on the plant, which means nothing which is bad on your food, on your vegetables, or in your glass of wine. Got no it. synthetic products. Biodynamic farming is listening to the biorhythm of Mother Nature yep. and the lunar calendar. You know, the earth is governed through its interaction with the sun, and the moon. Mm. So those three have an interrelationship that creates what we call the lunar calendar or the farmer's almanac. People should really always listen. And women, because you have a little more water in your body than we do, mm -hmm. you know, follows the lunar calendar in many ways. You could say the polarization of the moon attracts, creates in the ocean the ebb and the flow, and creates in us a different level of energy, a different level of you know, obviously, feelings and emotions. This is the moon that really directs a lot. So the Chinese still follow the lunar calendar, yeah. and they're very right. Yeah. And I do. I live according to the lunar calendar. I do wine according to the lunar calendar. I taste with journalists according to the lunar calendar. You do? Very much so. <laughs> and, wow. And with Jancis Robinson, as an example, a very well-known wine journalist, she does the same now. She writes for the Financial Times, as you know, and many others. So I'm a huge believer about the supernatural forces that surround us. And I live according to those principles. And it's very important for all of us to understand the cycle of the moon in everything we do. You're in finance yes. and a very successful financial <laughs> advisor. You know, you look at the repetition of events. A lot of them do happen on full moon moment. 
and it's not an accident. From the crack of all streets to crisis to big events to wars to declaration of wars to declaration of peace, a lot of it has to do with it. So we use, which means biodynamic farming, plants to treat plants and prevent in the vineyards. So we use chamomile, okay. like you do to calm you down. Yeah. Vervinia to help your digestion. Okay. We use those. We use nettle, which is very good as a yeah. peaceful plant. We use yarrow. I can name another 10. And we create concoction, like tea preparation, that we spray in the vineyards that prevents wow. anything in the vineyards. I did that with my grandmother when I was 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, because that's how she treated her plants with other plants. So it's and your family legacy. I really believe, you know, my parents have been interested in it, but not as much. My sister and I, as we created a variety of our wineries from scratch, have followed those principles since day one. So today, I'm very pleased to declare I hate to talk about leadership because it doesn't always mean much, mm -hmm. but I could say in the world of wine, we're one of the leaders in organic and biodynamic farming. All our wineries have solar panels. All of them use recycled water. Wow. All of them will use low energy. Very important. So you don't want to bring high voltage to your wine. You want vibrational wine through the wine itself, not through what surrounds it. So we love purity. And I think it's very important when you're given a responsibility, which is Mother Nature, it's very important that you respect her. Mother Nature was my best friend when I was born. I was playing in the garden. I was born in the vineyards. My playground was the vineyard. So I understood her cycle, even more importantly than my own. So I learned how to respect her and to be in synergy with her. And this is why I love the book from Michael Pollan, The Secret Life of Plants, mm. because plants have a dialogue with each other, trees talk to one another, and we should really respect that and make wine accordingly. I love that. So JC, in our last few minutes, if people want to know more about all the different areas that you focus on, from wine to the brooches to the fragrances, how do we well, how do people find kind. you? Thank you so much. And, and your great social media, because I do follow you, and you've got a lot of fun stuff going on. Yes, so we have boissecollection.com or JCB, very enjoyable initials because nobody can pronounce my name. So <laughs> I decided to go JCB, uh, jcbcollection.com. Okay. And we have obviously the oakvillegrocery.com and, and there you will discover all our websites and all our podcasts and all our Instagram. But my Instagram is jc-boisset, B-O-I-S-S-E-T. So be on the Facebook and Instagram and follow us. Excellent. Well, JC, thank you for joining us. And I want to thank everybody for joining us this past season. It's been a lot of fun. You can continue to follow me on Twitter at Wealth Intersect and on Instagram at The Wealth Intersection. And I hope everyone has a happy and healthy holiday season. Take care. Thanks so much for tuning in to The Wealth Intersection. Megan Gorman will be back with another program next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope you'll join us then. 